Welcome to My Business Playbook, where we pull back the curtain on the steps and missteps of successful people. You'll hear a raw and unfiltered play-by-play of what's worked and what hasn't, giving you helpful advice and insights so you can build your dream business. I'm your host, Laura Higgins, and this is My Business Playbook. Hey, hey, and welcome to today's quick win episode. I'm going to be talking about fear. Now, this is a little different for me, and I'm just wanting you to go with me. I've got three strategies that I want to share, or three things actually that I don't want you to do when it comes to fear in your business. Now, the reason I wanted to talk about fear, and, and, you know, I kind of started thinking about, I really want to speak about this because I have conversations with business owners every single week, and I have a lot of other business friends and I spend a lot of time connecting with other people in business. And the overall vibe that I'm getting from people that want to work with us, people just that are connected to us through social media or whatever, is there's this underlying thing of fear. And it might be fear of making a mistake It might be fear of what other people will think, fear of getting it wrong, uh, fear of the economy just collapsing or COVID happening, something like that happening again, or just like an overall anxious energy, an anxious energy that kind of feels like it permeates a lot of our life. Like you only need to go on social media for like a few minutes to feel this anxious energy. Uh, you can check the news uh, and that will make you feel anxious for sure. If you want to go and you want to feel a little anxious, all you need to do is flick on the news and, you know, presto. Hey, presto. Is that the expression? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> anyway, you'll feel immediate anxiety. You'll become this little bundle of, oh my gosh, like the world is coming to an end. And the reason I started thinking about this more was I heard people starting to say, oh, the state of the world, the state of the world. And I kind of have started asking people, what do you mean by that? Like, what what is it that you actually mean? I'm curious because I actually don't know what you really mean. And I can guess that they're talking about, oh, well, the pandemic. Oh, my gosh, the recession, cancel culture, like all these things that are like, oh, you know, it just makes that sound. And it's kind of like that's a big thing to carry. And I, <laughs> I, don't, I haven't asked my sister if I'm allowed to share this story, but I'm sharing it anyway. This really illustrates my point of the fact that fear can make you do weird things. Now, back in 2016, I was living in a tiny little beachside apartment in the center of Newcastle with my little sister, Millie. It was awesome. We had this two bedroom apartment. It was close to everything, coffee shops, bars, beach, all of our favorite things. And it happened to be very close to some sketchy housing commissions, which meant that police would often be called to deal with some of the strange characters who lived there. And we were always pretty security conscious because we'd had a few issues with people kind of poking around our home and, you know, I'm not even going to go into it, but peeping toms, that kind of vibe. (laughs) And we'd had that before. It was terrible. I'm laughing because that's the only thing you can do. It's terrible. Anyway. We kind of take the good with the bad. We were like, we live in this awesome place. There's a few sketchy characters around, but that's okay. Now, one night I came home really late and Millie was already asleep. And I walked into my bedroom and because it was summer, my my window was open. 
So I closed the window and it made a bit of noise as I did it. I closed it up, went straight to sleep. Like I was like, awesome, I'm out. An hour or so later, I woke suddenly to the sound of thuds on my door. And I really quickly woke up, gathered myself and was like, what is going on? Who is here? So I heard these thudding sounds and then I realized, oh my goodness, that someone is knocking on not just our our door of our apartment, they're knocking on my bedroom door really loudly. And I could tell by the, the sound of the thudding that it was not my sister. She's, she's small and she has these tiny little hands. So it was not my sister. It was someone else. So I sat up in bed. I'm like in my nightie. It's so hot. I sat up in bed and I was like, hello, <laughs> like who dis? Hello. My bedroom door swung open and there were two policemen standing in my bedroom with flashlights pointing straight at my face. And I kind of like, I was like so shocked. I put my hand across my forehead to try and see through like the piercing light. And I thought I must be dreaming. And I was like, oh, what is going on? There are two policemen, I think. (laughs) I was like, I must be dreaming. What is going on? And then I heard them say, Laura, is that you? And they were kind of like sounding a bit like stressed. And I paused and I kind of looked at them and I was like, yes, this is my bedroom. Like, what are you doing? You're here. I should be asking you who you are. Like, what are you doing here? Who are you? And I was like, I'm not some sort of like, I don't know who they thought I was. I was like, I'm not like Goldilocks running around in other people's like, I don't know, trying out other people's beds. I was not doing that. I was like, I live here. You don't. Who are you? And then I I kind of was like looking at them like, yes, and who are you? And I took a moment to blink kind of and try to like see what was going on. And I saw this small little figure behind them and right there. And it was so funny because she's in this tiny little nightdress thing. And so she's just not wearing like much clothes. And it's my little sister. So there she is, my little sister, Millie. She's cowering behind these two policemen. And they looked at Millie and they were like, is that your sister? And she looked up at them with their flashlights and she's got these big, beautiful eyes. And she looked up at them and she was like, yes. And she burst into tears and then she pushed her way through and she leapt onto my bed. And I will say, like, she's not she's not a child. I keep saying my little sister. She's not a child at this point. Like, she's, she's a full-on adult. <laughs> she burst into tears. She ran onto my bed and, like, was like, oh, my gosh, she's crying. And it all was very strange to me. And I was still half asleep. So I just kind of patted her head and looked at the policeman like, I, I still don't know what's happened here. Anyway, they said, okay, all right, girls, good night. See ya. And they turned around, let themselves out. And so I looked at Millie and was like, please explain, like what has happened here? And it turns out Millie had heard my window close in the night, but didn't know that I was home. And her immediate response was to think, okay, there's an intruder in our apartment. She called my mobile, my phone 15 times, but my phone was on silent. So I didn't hear it ring. I'm a normal person who sleeps with my phone on silent. I thought that's what everyone did. Um, And she begs to differ. After the like 15th unanswered call, she called the police. She didn't come and knock on my door and make sure it was me. She just called the cops straight away. And I'm telling all of this to tell you, fear makes you do weird things. Things that seem rational at the time. And for Millie, she was thinking, well, there's an intruder in our apartment. Intruder equals call the police. Totally fair, totally rational. 
Until you have all the information, that response is completely fair and rational. And here's what happens. When we're afraid and when we're working with limited information, our brain has this clever way of protecting us. You know what I'm talking about, the fear response, the fight or flight thing, the part of our brain that's always ready to fight off a tiger or something or a huntsman in my case, because that's seriously terrifying to me. That part of our brain has this clever way of going, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to like, we're just going to burn this place down. I know exactly what needs to happen. But what is happening is we sometimes act in this way. And I would say most of the time, because there's not many instances where a tiger is on the loose. Uh, at least not in the city where I live, most of the time we do not need to go to that level of response, but our brain has this way of doing it. And so I really want to talk about your business because when we act out of fear, things go terribly wrong. Things go terribly wrong when we act out of fear. And fear, it's totally fair, but fear can make you do weird things. So when you're aware of that, like Millie, where she did, she kind of called the police and they burst into my bedroom and all of that stuff happened, that was rational to her and weird to me. (laughs) So what I want to talk to you about is I want to share three things to help you to stop fear in its tracks. Because when you're playing from a place of fear, a place of scarcity, of comparison, of imposter syndrome, whatever it is that, however you kind of frame it or however it shows up for you, when you play from that space, you make terrible decisions. You actually don't play to your full potential and you miss out on great opportunities. So here are my three things really quick. Number one is don't let external factors limit your vision and derail your mission. Don't let external factors limit your vision and derail your mission. There are a lot of people who are getting caught up in the doomsday kind of message. Ah, COVID, the pandemic, the recession, all these other things. If you're not careful, you can get swept up in an anxious energy and it can make you play small. It can make you play small. And why wouldn't it? Why wouldn't it? Like if if that's the content you're consuming, if that's the content I'm consuming, where does that go? It has to go somewhere. It has to show up somewhere. So I want to encourage you, if you find yourself feeling anxious by looking at Instagram, by being on Facebook, by checking the news or whatever it is, You need to find a way to do this so that it doesn't kind of, I don't know, I think it kind of like permeates into like our little souls somehow. So I want to encourage you, if that impacts you, because it definitely impacts me, Nate can watch a bunch of news and he doesn't get really impacted by it, but I can watch news and get really like very existential, like it can feel like a bit of an existential crisis for me really quickly. So you have to know yourself. Does watching bad news make you feel terrible and does it impact you in a negative way? We need to be really diligent in the content that we consume. And if you do want to like, for you, if you want to stay in the know and if you like, of course, you want to be educated, you want to know what's going on in the world, how can you do it so it doesn't end up in this doom scrolling land? Maybe it's that you need to order a physical paper because you can't get served another article of, oh, also you should read about this. Look at what this person's doing. Maybe that's something that you need to invest in. You cannot control the external factors. 
You actually can't control them. So don't make decisions based on those things. What can you control? How can you contribute? How can you help? But what can you control? Because if you feed into that and if you consume too much of that type of content, it is going to limit your vision. It's going to derail your mission. I talk with people every week and they're playing too small. Okay. They're not setting big enough goals. And I think it's because there's a scarcity mindset going on. There's a lot of fear. There's a lot of negativity around the economy, around the world right now. I say that in like little inverted commas. Okay. Don't let external factors limit your vision and derail your mission. Number two, don't let fear drive. They say that courage is not the absence of fear. Fear is part of life. Fear is going to be there. But maybe instead of us jumping into that fear zone like rapidly and being like, oh, my goodness, it's all just not going to work. I want to kind of remind you, breathe. Maybe the worst isn't happening. Maybe the conclusion you've so quickly jumped to isn't actually correct. Or maybe that old tiger fighting fear brain is taking control again. Don't let fear drive. Put it in the back seat. It's part of the journey. Yes, it's part of the journey and it's there to keep you safe. But don't let it drive because fear doesn't have all of the information and fear is not rational. (laughs) You do not let an irrational person drive. You don't let a person who's been drinking drive. Don't let fear drive, okay? Now, number three, don't underestimate the cost of your fear. This is so important. What is fear costing you? What is it stopping you from doing? How is it stopping you or holding you back from your next level? Who is it stopping you from becoming? Maybe the way it shows up for you is, oh, I'm, I'm not the type of person who, is, who shows up on video or I'm not the type of person who gives really direct feedback. That like really rings true for me. I'm not the type of person who does X. The more you say that thing, the more it becomes true. Fear is costing you. It's costing you from playing full out in your business. It's costing you something. It's, it's actually limiting your ability to see opportunities and to seize opportunities. And a lot of the time we worry about things that we have no business worrying about. I don't know about you, but when people talk to me about the economy, my eyes glaze over. I actually don't know that much about it. <laughs> so I, I'm not sure I can make a really great decision based on something I don't know that much about. But it feels rational, right? Oh, there's a recession. Oh, there's this thing like, oh, everyone like, interest rates, all the things. What is fear costing you? And I know that this might, you know, I don't talk about this lightly because I've struggled with this myself and, and this is me being very, very real. <laughs> when COVID happened, for a lot of people, it was like worse than the worst case scenario they could think of. For us, like for me personally, I lost half my business overnight. That fear is warranted. That feeling, that anxiety is warranted. I don't want to uh, diminish that because that was really big. And, and that really messed with, for me personally, I was in, I was in tiger fighting mode because I was like, what the heck is going on? I don't know. Like, and all of us were like that. But I guess now I'm thinking this is with three years on from that initial moment. I know that it's been such a long journey. 
But for some of us, we've still been playing in the same kind of energy, in the same kind of zone. And I really think we're not going to come out of this without some real intention on how we think about things, what content we consume, what words we say. Because if you jump to the worst conclusion, because, hey, well, overnight this terrible stuff happened three years ago, and that's totally fair, but if you consistently jump to the worst thing that can happen, you're never going to take any risk in, in your business ever. I mean, why would you? If you want to move out of this fear state of uh, I'm paralyzed by this fear, I want to encourage you, you need to, to make a really deliberate action to go, right, I'm moving out of this. Courage is not the absence of fear. Fear is still part of it. There are things that I'm scared of in business still. <laughs> and anyone who says that fear is not part of the journey or that they have to be brave is lying to you. <laughs> I'm serious. I get so annoyed when people are like, just do it. Don't ah, bust through the doors. Blah, blah, blah. I hate that because it's actually like, no, no, you've got to feel the things and then you've got to be brave anyway. And I really want to encourage you with that. So my three points, don't let external factors limit your vision and derail your mission. Don't let fear drive and don't underestimate the cost of your fear, what you're missing out on by staying stuck in a fear loop. So I want to encourage you, think about your words. Think about what you are thinking about. My gosh, how meta is that? Think about your thoughts. Think about the content that you're consuming and become a curator. Become a curator. Don't, don't just let these things kind of float on in and float out. Really analyze, what am I thinking? What am I consuming? What am I saying out loud? And curate that so that you're saying more positive things, more abundant things, um, because I really believe that, that the power of like, you know, they say the power of life and death is in the tongue. It's really important what we say, okay? <laughs> I hope that I haven't gotten too ranty for you, but I just really am passionate about this because I want to see you in your business be the most bold, badass version of yourself. And I want you to be brave. And I want that for myself too. So we're going to do this. We're going to do it together. And hey, I just think you're amazing. And I think what you do and what you bring to the world is too cool and too valuable for you to stay in this fear state and play small. Okay. I love your work. <laughs> if you found this helpful, please share it with a business buddy because we want to get this message out far and wide. Alrighty team, I'll see you next week. Go get them.